Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova, president and co-founder of Wellspring Counseling. Today our show is about generosity and it's the season to be generous. Right now we have Christmas coming and gift giving coming and it is our time to be generous. But today I want to talk about generosity and mental health and how um, being generous actually affects who we are, how we feel about ourselves. It's a gift that we give to other people, but it's also something that we give to ourselves. And so we're going to talk about that today. So I'm invited to join me today, Stefan Chavidian. Hi, Stefan. Good to be here. Thanks, Tova. Great. I'm so glad to have you with us. And I thought of you because you run an entire company that has as its purpose to help people be generous, the National Christian Foundation of South Florida. So, um, I'm going to have you tell us a little bit about that. Before we jump in, I just want to have you tell us a little bit about yourself as, as the guest today. So um, I know you're the founder and president of, I'm reading, I'm going to get it right, of the board of the National Christian Foundation of South Florida. You are the co-executive director of LifeWork Leadership in South Florida. Um, you've had 25 years of experience serving on a variety of boards and leaderships and nonprofits and for-profits. You're a pastor. Um, so you do a lot, right? It's man, you make me sound busy. I don't think I'm as busy as that, and you make <laughs> me sound important, and I don't think I'm that important either. So uh, yeah, most of that's true. <laughs> well, when you put enough years together, we have accomplished a lot. So that's right. good. Um, you've lived in South Florida since 1979. Your wife's name is Lisa. You've got five kids, right? Um, yeah. Are they all grandchildren and seven grandchildren and seven grandchildren? See, and I, I know you're engaged with them. So that's awesome. Um, I know you don't like to say this, but others do about you that you are the eldest grandson of Billy Graham. Yep. And proud of it. Yeah. You should be proud of it. That's pretty special. But actually, I kind of got to know you more through your father, Dr. T. So Tulin Chavigian, I was once upon a time in my life, I lived up in Broward and he was publicly on the radio and he was really well known for doing what we're trying to do at Wellspring, which is mixing counseling and psychology with the Bible. And he was just great at it. And I, I just really admired him. So you come from good roots. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, um, I was have such a great appreciation for the whole mental health field because of, of you know, having a firsthand experience and view from my dad's ministry. And he had a real calling on his life to get his doctorate in psychology. And this was about a mid-career type thing. I mean, he already had four or five kids at the time with my mother, and he made it a abrupt change in his life, felt a calling. And it was about a 10-year slog for him to get his doctorate. And then he had an opportunity to come here to South Florida and work uh, with Dr. Larry Crabb in private practice. And um, and I got to watch as a kid growing up in that home and had such appreciation for the, the type of care and the impact um, to be able to make in the lives of so many individuals. And then he had his little talk show. Well, it wasn't that little, I guess. Uh -huh. Referred to him as Dr. T and he, they'd call in and they liked his accent and he had a beard and you know he was from Switzerland and they sort of felt like they were you know, in therapy while they were driving from work. So it was, it was a wonderful, and that's one of the reasons I so appreciate you and what you're doing, because um, you're in that same, you have the same heart and, um, and it's so needed today. I mean, my dad's passed away and I'm often thinking, you know, what would he be thinking about this, uh, this world we're living in now and, and uh, what kind of advice would he be giving? So thanks. Uh, yeah, he's a good man. He was a good man, is a good man, and uh, I'm, I'm blessed for it. Yeah. Well, he had an influence in my life and I was blessed for that. Um, 
All right, so you were the founder of the National Christian Foundation of South Florida, but tell me why you wanted to do that and tell our listener about um, NCF. Yeah, so National Christian Foundation, I'm actually the co-founder. Um, okay. That means I take half the, the blame uh, as well as half the blessing. But um, the National Christian Foundation is an organization that was founded about almost 40 years ago out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, some of you may know the name Larry Burkett. He was sort of like the Dave Ramsey of old. He would be a Christian radio guy, talked about money and budgets and all that fun stuff. And then another guy named Ron Blue who uh, is, uh, is known for helping Christians invest their money, and then a, a lawyer by the name of Terry Parker. And those three gentlemen started this organization. And you have to think of it as almost like a charitable bank. You know, sometimes people say, so, Stevan, you tell people where to give their money? I go, don't do that. That's up to the Holy Spirit. Think of um, National Christian Foundation as an organization where individuals, whether they're wealthy or not by earthly standards, can um, open them a, an account and they can name it after themselves. It's like their own little foundation and they can put whatever they want into that account. And then we hold it for them until they decide where to give it all over the world. And, um, and so we get to have a lot of fun because honestly, I always say we get to work with the coolest people in our community. And it was about 20 years ago that myself and a group of others started dreaming about what would this look like in our South Florida community? And we did about a year's worth of due diligence and uh, prayed a lot, invited people to come in and talk to us and said, you know, does the South Florida community actually need this? And came to the conclusion, the answer was yes. And uh, the group looked at me and said, hey, why don't you run this? And um, my wife, Lisa, and I prayed about it. And I said, okay, I, I didn't think I'd be running it 18 years later. I thought I'd just sort of get it off the ground and go going. But like so many things in life, we say yes. And then years later, we're still doing it and um, have a wonderful team. And um, and like I said, we get to work with really good people, but really what does it mean to live a generous life? And we can talk about that later, but um, that's what the National Christian Foundation does. And so we get to play behind the scenes and all kinds of things. And uh, you mentioned Life Work Leadership, which is one of our initiatives and Church United is another one of our initiatives and a few other things that we're working on. And really your goal is the way I describe your ministry to other people is your goal is to help people be generous, to encourage and inspire and facilitate their generosity in so many ways. Yeah. That's really, what a great goal. You know, you you minister to the givers. Uh, we minister in a lot of ways to re people receiving, um, but everybody needs it. So it's good. Well, let's talk about generosity. Um, I looked at some definitions. It was kind of interesting. Um, generous, open-handed, liberal in giving, magnanimous, kind. And then as an adjective, and a generous person is someone willing to give money, help, kindness, etc., especially more than is usual or expected. Mm -hmm. So we, we don't usually call someone generous unless it's like that above and beyond. You know, it's not a, a an even thing. It's it's just above. It's an abundance is a word that came out. Plentiful, large, abundant um, were words that were in there. So it was come. So why why do you think generosity is important? Well, you know, I've been in this space for a while, and when I said yes to helping launch the National Christian Foundation, obviously you know, we are sort of beating that drum of generosity all the time. And so it was a journey even for me and for my wife, Lisa, because, you know, it was not a job. What does it mean to be generous? And, and just as you asked, I mean, I'd grown up in a Christian home. 
uh, came to know Christ at a young age, age four, as I can remember, I'm 56 now, so it's been a long time. And, um, you know, it's taught about giving as a young kid, typically the tithe and the idea of, you know, when you, your grandmother gave you a dollar for your birthday or the tooth fairy gave you a dollar for your tooth, you know, put 10 cents in the offering plate, that kind of stuff. So it was always a part of my understanding, but it, it wasn't until I really, be, you know, became a little more mature and began to understand and live in that, that I really had a broader and continue to learn about what it means. I think so often we think of generosity as a transaction. So for example, we'll look, oh, oh, that man, that woman over there, they're really generous because we maybe we heard through the grapevine that they wrote a big check to their church or to the, you know, some charity or something like that. And uh, maybe things are named after them, all good things. But I have found that some of the most generous people I've ever met are people that don't have a much earthly financial wealth, but the way they give of their time, talent, treasure is what we often talk about. So, you know, it's that single mom who's uh, also a foster parent who's given up her vacation to, you know, go on a missions trip. And I go, my gosh, you know, for some people, it's a lot easier to write a big check than oh, to yeah. give up your time or you're giving up your reputation. So, so the whole generosity thing has been a journey for me personally, not only in terms of uh, my wife and I, as we think about our acts of giving, because I do think you have to give money. I think there is a part of that. You can't just think about it and you have to do it. And sometimes it's sacrificial. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes you do it as sheer obedience. Um, but I also think there's many, many other ways that we have to think about generosity. And so we, we, we really live under the banner of whole life generosity. That is something we talk about a lot as a team is what does it mean that your entire life is living as a giver, not a taker? So I like things real simple. I like that old game Candyland where everything's really simple, color-coded, you know, that's sort of my brain. And so for me to think of generosity as there's people in life that are givers and there's people in life that are takers, uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially. I mean, we all know that person. Every time they call us, we go, what do they want now? You know, they're a taker. And then we've been guilty of that, you know, and how many times in my life do I engage in a, in a, in a conversation or a relationship and really my motivation is, you know, what do I, what do I get out of this? And so what if we change that narrative and we enter into every experience, every conversation around, what can I deposit into this conversation? What can I do to, to encourage, lift up this person? So, you know, we've really played around with generosity as being a much broader term than just, you know, oh, let's, how much money did you give away last year? Again, even though that's, that is something significant and we do a lot of that. Well, I agree a hundred percent. I love the word in the definition in terms of being open-handed, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's really about who you're thinking about. Are you a taker? You're thinking about me or you're a giver. You're thinking about them and a sensitivity to what do they need? Um, maybe they need a hug and it's generous of you to kind of risk that. Although I know we're not supposed to hug so much anymore. It's just <laughs> but, but, but we're supposed, but moving toward people in their, whatever their perceived need is, whether it's, um, kind word or whether it's them at your house it's kind of inconvenient to have them and you know if you're more worried about your house looking good then their need to just be present you know that all those kinds of generosity so um I, I think you defined it really well and we'll give some other examples as we go what is the what does the bible say about generosity i brought a few verses i'm wondering what you found or what you wanted to share yeah, I mean, the Bible, I think, basically is a generous book. 
I mean, you know, if you really center on the idea that the gospel, which means good news, is really a, a, a generous story. I mean, we center everything we do on the gospel, that at the end of the day, the deeper I understand the gospel, the deeper I understand what it means to live a generous life, because the ultimate act of generosity outside of God's creation, just saying, let there be and there was, was, you know, Christ dying on the cross for our sins, the cross. And so for me to see it not as just a, something I, you know, I wear around my neck, a piece of jewelry or, or something we talk about, but to actually understand what does the cross mean to me and how does it mean? To, so, so, so if you start looking at the Bible through that lens, then everything starts popping out at you like, well, that's an act of generosity. That's an act of generosity. Oh, that's generous. Oh, that's generous. I mean, everything is now framed. I mean, obviously we have, you know, some very famous verses and others that talk about that, but, you know, I've really looked at that as being, let me not fall into, um, you know, sort of a categorizing or compartmentalizing my generosity. So, you know, I can, be a jerk all day long, but make a nice contribution at a chicken dinner that evening, you know, and I go, was I generous that day? You know, well, maybe I made a nice, nice contribution, but what I did to the people around me and the way I treated people uh, mm. had nothing like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by the wonderful stories in the Bible of just plenty of general, you know, acts of generosity, which, you know, uh, more than happy to share. Well, I, there are there are many of them, you know, Jesus commented on the widow's mite the, who put in their tiny amount and really it's is proportionate to our sacrifice mm -hmm. um, that, you know, if we just get our name on a building because we wrote a big check and there wasn't sacrificial, it's just not the same as that open handed generous living. I, I had a couple of verses that, were, that I like. Uh, Psalm 37, 21 says the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous live generously. Mm -hmm. So generosity is a sign of being of right living you yeah. know that that's just a, a hallmark of of living the way god would design us to uh second corinthians 9 6 says remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously and so there is there is um it's a way of life that i give generously to others and in in return life is full and whole and rich uh for me yeah. uh, living that yeah. way the story I was just reflecting recently uh, on the story of uh, when uh, Mary breaks the perfume and anoints Jesus's feet and Judas comments on that by saying, you know, that's a total waste. I mean, that's at a year's worth, of, you know, equivalent of a year's salary that we could have fed poor people that Mary just poured on the feet of Jesus. And, and I remember one time being in a situation where I was instrumental in helping one family make a, a, a large charitable contribution to an organization. And, and when I saw how much they were giving, my heart said, you know, this is ridiculous. I would never give that organization that much money. That was what my heart was saying. And then the Lord said to me, not audibly, but the Lord said to me, you're acting like Judas. And I said, what do you mean I'm acting like you? Why are you calling me names, Jesus? I mean, it's, it's too early in the morning for that. He goes, no, you really are. He goes, he goes, what was Judas doing? And I, and he, and I, he and I had this conversation about the story I just told you. And he said to me, and I will never forget this. He said, Stamon, from an earthly perspective, Judas was right. That was not an efficient gift. You're right. There, there, she could have taken that one year's worth of value and fed poor people for an entire year. But he says, you're, you're missing the point. And so is Judas. This was an act of worship. 
she was worshiping me. And that was a profound moment because we work with a lot of wealthy people as well. And, and they give all over the world and they give to things that sometimes I think personally, wow, that's amazing. And other things I think, why would you do that? You know, I mean, I'm playing judge all of a sudden. And, and God's reminded me, Stelon, it's an act of worship. Generosity is an act of worship. God's given you everything. And it's simply my way of saying thank you. And, um, and think about that in that definition that, you know, when I go, no, mine, or I don't want to do this, me, 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 me. And the Lord says, you know, Stelan, I've given you everything. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, and so now if you truly love me, this is an act of worship. So it's really been helpful for me to understand that. Um, yeah. I, I think that's really true as an act of worship. And I, I think uh, having a mindset for me, and, and um, I married my husband because he's a generous man. That's really a, one of his major traits. But it's a it's a sense that everything, nothing belongs to me. It's all God's. So if he requires it back for some purpose, then it, it was his. I'm borrowing always. Right. Everything is a gift to me. It's mm -hmm. on loan. And so, hey, he calls in the loan because somebody else needs it. That's It's his business. And that really is worship. So um, on that note, we're going to take a quick pause and um, we'll be right back. So if you're just joining us on this show, this is Wellspring on the Air. And with me today, I have Stefan Chavigian and we're talking about generosity. And if you missed the beginning of the show, you can find us on your favorite podcast channel, Wellspring on the Air, or um, on our website, we have a blog and you can just search in generosity and you can hear the rest of the show. So we will be right back. Hi, welcome back. This is Tova with Wellspring on the Air and Stefan Chavigian. And today we are talking about generosity. So again, if you missed this show at the beginning of it, you can find us on the podcast channel, Wellspring on the Air, or on our website, wellspringmiami.org. On our blog, type in generosity. You can hear the rest of the show and hopefully many other good shows that may be of interest to you. So we're talking about generosity. And so far today, we've been chatting about the fact that generosity is like a way of life. It's broader than just giving money it's about being open-handed in our hearts in our time in many ways we talked about it being an act of worship um, because it really is everything's from God and we just give it back to him when he requires it that was my little point on the end so um, but let's just jump back in I wanted to talk briefly about some of the research because we always try in our shows to, to include some science some Bible foundation and something practical. So we're going to end with some practical, but I'm going to give you a little bit of research. It's kind of fun to see. Um, so basically, uh, Proverbs 11.23 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Well, lo and behold, science proves exactly what the Bible says. It happens all the time. Um, so I'm never afraid of science because it always just proves what God's been telling us. So Generosity. All right. So here's what it helps you with. It can it reduces your stress levels. There's some tests on that. It can support your physical health um, and even prolong your life. This one's kind of interesting. So there was a study uh, that examined called Changing Lives of Older Couples. It was done in Michigan and they had uh, 423 older couples and they followed them for five years and they tracked all sorts of health data about them and personal data for five years. And here's what they discovered. Um, they found that the individuals who reported providing tangible forms of help to friends, relatives, and neighbors reduced their risk of dying by about a half mm. <laughs> compared with individuals who reported providing no help to others. 
Um, that's pretty profound. And then they even um, controlled for all the other things like um, age, gender, socioeconomic status, race, self-rated health, functional uh, health, smoking, et cetera, et cetera. They pulled all that out and it was still significantly, statistically significant um, for those who were generous to live longer. Wow. It affected their health. It was, um, a similar part that also came out, it says people who reported providing high amounts of emotional support to their spouse, for example, being willing to listen when the spouse needs to talk, were also about half as likely to die during this study period compared to people reporting providing relatively lower amounts of emotional support. Mm, wow. <laughs> so it goes back to the kinds of generosity. Are you generous to listen? I mean, there's one form of generosity, right? Very true. Good, good for men to listen to that. I mean, they, they need to hear that because sometimes when my wife is saying something, I go, honey, tell me how that story ends. And then I'll, I'll tell you whether I want to listen to the rest of it, which is not really what you're describing, right? No, Should that's not very generous. No, it's not very generous. <laughs> um, so other research says that it fights depression. It'll decrease depression um, and it promotes social connection and improves relationships. Um, it's an interesting thing about about that piece that that it some of the studies showed that giving generously um, does help the giver, but receiving mm. generously actually doesn't improve your health in these ways. Mm. That was an interesting correlation that it isn't true that it's really in the giving is more blessed to give than to receive. Again, scripture proves itself true. Okay. Um, that that it actually the greater blessing is actually on on the giver hmm. so, many times and i've experienced it even in little ways you know so true um one of the things according to a study by john jason marsh and jill study in the greater good science center that's kind of a cool business to be a part of right studying mm -hmm. the greater good um is that one of the reasons we do better when we're generous is it actually changes our perception of other people. So we see people in a more positive light when we're in the process of being generous to them, which increases our feel positive feelings in ourselves. It makes sense when you think about it. I mean, think of our own experiences. I think it always helps shape perspective, you know, and it gets me out of me, um, which is always a healthy thing as well. Yeah, so if I'm just mad at somebody and not giving to them, I think negative thoughts. But if I'm thinking about what do they need and whatever, I start having positive feelings toward them, especially as I move toward taking an action. Um, it's kind of cool. Um, another thing is that it uh, being generous makes us feel better about ourselves in that uh, we have a better self-view. I like thinking of myself as generous, not stingy. And so I, my, it's a confidence builder and it's a repellent of self-hatred. So mm -hmm. it, it, it will move your low self-esteem to give to others and to yeah. think about others. And it, it takes us off ourselves. So um, it, it quiets the critical inner voice in our heads and some of our self-sabotage. So it's just good for our mental health to right. be generous, think generous thoughts and have generous actions. Uh, anything you want to add to that? What do you think? Well, no, I think I, I affirm everything you're saying, and I'm thinking of so many experiences that either I've had a front row to witness in the lives of the, some of the people we serve at National Christian Foundation, as well as my own 
uh, experience, my wife and I, um, we got involved in foster care a number of years ago. And I remember it all started out with Lisa, my wife, coming to me and saying, honey, I think we need to sacrifice more. And I go, okay, what do you mean? She goes, well, I think we should, you know, maybe adopt a special needs kid or do, do something, you know, and we had this dialogue like any couple might have. And um, one thing led to another, and we had been instrumental in uh, a, a foster care agency up in the Fort Lauderdale area called Four Kids. We'd been instrumental in, in helping that get started, small way of helping them get started. And so we got involved in foster care. And there was an element of all kinds of emotions, you know, going that path. But the motivation for us was, you know, what, what an opportunity to be able to take our nice little cocoon of a family and sort of open our, our hearts to being vulnerable to, to pain, to uh, experiences of loss, to all the emotions attached to falling in love with a little child and to then see that child reunited with um, his or her parents or an uncle or an aunt and that whole experience. So, you know, my mind, as you're talking about, it, I can think of how many cool things and how it's created a healthy marriage for us. It's a healthy family life for us. All these little deposits and thank God that he has pushed us that way. Cause I don't think I wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I can't wait to be generous. You know, I'm, I wake up in the morning with me on my mind, you know, I default to me. And I think if I'm intentional and in saying, you know, uh, I need to be thinking of how I can, again, be a giver, not a taker. Um, everything you've just shared is uh, spot on. That's good. Well, I know we're coming to the close of our time. I had a couple of little practical hints for us. One is that when we are generous, that we should accept the appreciation that others give us, that we not just go, oh, it was nothing, because then we've robbed them of being generous with their appreciation. So, um, we rob them of that gift of, of being able to thank, um, you know, accepting the generosity of others. Some of us want to be so independent and, and we really, you know, I don't need it. I don't have that. And the truth is that we're giving a gift to them. They're going to feel better by being generous to us. So we want to give them that opportunity to help us by not being so independent that we need nothing. And so it's a, it's a give and take process between givers and ta um, takers. And so it needs to go both ways. It always needs to go both ways. I know that for my, myself, when we have given in places where people really have dire needs, um, it's very important that we let them contribute back to us. This is particularly, it was true for us internationally as I've traveled and done some work in Africa, to, to give them the opportunity to serve us food or to give their wisdom to us or to give, you know, their, their teachings to us. And so it's a, keeping it always healthy relationships are always a two-way street and um not just you know you need and i have it's like no we all give both ways so um on that practice any last words as we come to wrap up just great appreciation for uh tova obviously what you and your team are doing because i think we're living in difficult times and just the stressors that people are experiencing and there's a lot of unknown and a lot of fear and i love the fact that you're you're brave uh, in tackling the, the concept of generosity because sometimes we think, look, I don't have time to be generous right now. I'm just trying to survive. And I think the fact that you're bringing this up is saying, no, it's actually part of our survival is to be generous. It's, it's counterintuitive, doesn't make sense, um, but actually it allows me to be much healthier emotionally, physically, financially when I'm thinking of, okay, Lord, I know I have a lot of needs and I know you're going to take care of them, but Lord, how have you placed me in the lives of others? And then both, like you just said, on the giving and the receiving, I've been on the receiving end of some stuff that I did not deserve. 
And I've had to just simply acknowledge, thank you for that. And not, you know, and at the same time, I've, 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 I've been on the other side too. So thank uh, Wellspring and thank you, Tova and the team, you know, keep it up. But um, yes, what is it like to live a life as a giver and not a taker? Well, thank you for joining me today. And I'm sure someone who's listening to this is going to be inspired today to to open their hearts and their minds to the needs uh, and be sensitive to the needs of the people around them and to take a risk. It's a risk to enter someone's life and, and say, can I be a part or, or take time? So, um, Stefan, as we close today, would you just close our time in prayer for us? Oh, I'd be honored. I'd be honored. Let's pray. Our dearly Father, we just thank you for our time together. We thank you that we're able to um, be together, um, even though we're not together. We thank you for being faithful in these very difficult times. We know that there are people that have experienced um, levels of stress and anxiety and loss that uh, they never anticipated. I pray, Lord, that as, as we encounter one another, that, Lord, we will be looking for ways that we can encourage one another, lift one another up, be the hands and feet of Jesus. I pray for your hand of protection from Tova and the team and Wellspring and the, the literally the hundreds and thousands of people that they impact. We know that today is a difficult day for some, and we pray, Lord, that uh, you would come alongside and be so present in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's time to close. Stefan, thank you so much for joining us today. And again, for our listeners, you can find more for, from us for, on wellspringmiami.org or Wellspring on the Air. It's time to wrap up. This is Wellspring because hearts and minds matter.